by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield, by Broughton's Big Country Hardware, your authorized Cub Cadet dealer in Bridport, by Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you, Main Street, Colchester, by your locally owned Montpelier Agway on the East Montpelier Road, by Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Store in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By PR Lumber, your family owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need. They're on Route 15 in Wolcott. And by the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. Telephone lines are open for your gardening comments and questions for Peter Burke. 802-244-1777 is our number. And here's the host of the program, Peter Burke. (laughs) Hey, Joel. Hello. It's a a hot one today, that's for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, just a little business news here. Uh, the Red Sox, good news. Red Sox are actually going to be playing next uh-huh. week. And, of course, they chose Saturday at 12 o'clock to play. So uh, we will be preempted uh, next Saturday. So get your questions in today so we can uh, get them all answered because we won't be here next week. Well, I think we have a question already. Oh, good. A- well, we will be here the week after, though. <laughs> In- indeed, we will. Yeah, that's, that, that, so far, that's the schedule. Anyway, let's go. Good, um, let's see. Good afternoon. Your first name in town? Oh, not there. Okay. Was there a minute minute ago? <laughs> well, call, call back. Unless I'm hallucinating or pushed the wrong button, which is, let me tell you, not impossible for me. All, you know, all thumbs. Nah, how you do what you do is yeah. uh, simply amazing so, to uh, me. Anyway, uh, Peter in the, uh, in the broadcast studio, Joel in the main studio with Winnie the Pooch. So I hope no bunny rabbits are listening because now they know that they can uh, head to my garden and eat all the beans they oh, want. Oh, they know you're out of town, huh? Without, 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 without me and my rake and my dog with her bark uh, to dissuade them in the sense of the word. And I tell you, bunny rabbits have been a, a problem. Oh, this year, this year, uh, I hear you there. Yeah. I hear you. And they can eat. Oof. Well, I have a uh, I have a pest problem myself. Uh, the chipmunks have been uh, diving in and eating the um, uh, the beets, and uh, we pulled a couple, and they were just you know one of those where you pull the top off and there's nothing left except maybe one side of the beet, and uh, so uh, going to have to do something about them, and uh, is is. Uh, 
I know uh, some of my friends, a uh, couple neighbors, garden buddies, and longtime friends, they're uh, using a have a heart, and uh, then they take them down to the lake. So uh, that that works just fine. My inclination is just go ahead and use a snap trap and mm. and and be done with it quickly. But humbug. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the I'm the one that that actually has them feeding out of my hand. Yeah, I know, I know, I know you do. Anyway, let's try it one more time for. Oh, our, okay. Before I don't, you push the on air button, and then you say first name in town, and then you should hear something. Hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Linda from Addison. Hey, Linda. Uh, right out on, on Lake Champlain. Hi. Ooh. Um, I've never had this problem before. I have all these uh, window boxes full of impatience and yeah. some pots. Yeah. And yesterday and today, I've gone out, and one of my pots has been completely eaten off. <laughs> Well, and, of course, we have a ton of chipmunks and a ton of bunnies, yeah, but what's yeah. doing it? And and I have some, like, homemade pepper spray. Should Will mm-hmm. that get rid of them? It may, but just remember, anything like that, any kind of, uh, it has to be, um, you have to apply it frequently. Uh, because uh, it'll get washed off, not just with rain, but also with the uh, morning dew. It'll tend to to uh, dilute it a bit. So if you're going to use that, you you do have to apply it on a regular basis. Um, and you just try it out, see, you know. But they will. And, um, you know, I, I remember the first my first encounter with chipmunks with, was with my strawberries. And I, uh, I was looking forward to going out in the afternoon and picking a few strawberries, and they were gone. And uh, I, th- I saw the chipmunk run away, and I thought, oh, that's okay. How many can they eat, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> so I soon found out that they can eat, and they will eat, each and every one of my strawberries. So um, they're, they're not into sharing at all. They're into gorging themselves until they're done. Um, and I, just as I mentioned to Joel, they're, they're at my beats. Uh, I just found out last night. And um, and they will actually dig in and go after your potatoes too. And it's been uh, just a record year for chipmunks for for us at our home, but also a lot of other people have mentioned that there's um, there's a, a lot of chipmunks out this year. Um, but they eat impatience also. They eat anything and everything. They have a voracious appetite. And uh, but you can always get a you know a game cam and and see which which one of the critters is eating it. Um, don't uh, don't discount the uh, slugs. They are quite capable of eating a whole plant. Uh, as much as that sounds uh, ridiculous, uh, they definitely can do that. Um, so I don't know which one it is. You could try uh, putting some uh, sluggo in there and see if that affects it. Um, uh, again, like you say, the pepper spray, uh, maybe the chipmunks will stay away from that. Um, and and uh, how, how high up are those, uh, are the plant planter boxes? Uh, the, well, the planter boxes are maybe three or four feet high, but the mm-hmm. pots are sort of on the steps. Oh, yeah, right. And are they and, eating both, uh, both the ones in the pots on the steps and the planter boxes? 
No, I noticed yesterday one of the plants in, you know, there's like three in a pot. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah, just gone. And oh, gosh. Just, just gone. And when yeah. I got out this morning, the other two were gone. Oh, boy. You do that double take and you think, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I mean... There's like a quarter inch green stub. Yeah, right. Out of the dirt. Yeah, that more. Well, uh, the other option is a woodchuck. I don't know if you've seen a woodchuck around, and they they will they'll eat everything right down. And they're they're like uh, lawnmowers. They will literally just mow everything down. So um, if it's a wood, There's five other pots sitting there, and I just wonder why they picked that one. Uh-oh. And then, you know, are they the, just taking their time? Yeah, they're, they're just not done yet. That's all. Yeah. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're, who knows why they picked that one. Uh, but uh, the, I guarantee you they'll be back for more. So, all right. Well, the war is on. Yeah. And, and actually, one of my subjects was the uh, Garden Fortress. You know, I, I talk about every year. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you know, of course, the bear are out. And uh, there's quite a few bears this, uh, uh, this, this summer. I mean, they're all over the place. And my son almost ran into a bear in the middle of Montpelier yesterday. They were going down the hill into Montpelier, and a, a good-sized bear ran across a road right in front of the car. And That's amazing. Yeah, so there's bear out there. The bear don't necessarily eat anything in the garden per se, although they will eat your blueberries for sure or any other fruits that you might have. Uh, what, what the bear does in my garden is he pushes a compost pile over and smashes it and then, uh, then eats what he what he wants in in that so (laughs) you know if you don't put your don't put your corn house out there because that's a that's definitely something that they like yeah we're really shady here so Mm. impatience is like my whole garden yeah yeah well um linda i uh i'd like to hear from you and see how that goes see which one of the critters you find yeah, well, I'm just going to keep the cat out all night. <laughs> yeah, well, even if I left my dog out all night, they, they, they would be just fine. Okay, well, we have a, another couple calls, Linda. I appreciate your call. And we have uh, Nancy from Morrisville. Is that what you're saying? Hey, Nancy. Yes, yes thank you. Uh, got a couple of questions, if there's time for it, and also one comment. Um, I'm a fairly inexperienced gardener with a bunch of vegetables. I do know a few things about some vegetables. (laughs) My question right now is we have lettuce, broccoli, cabbage that we have already picked. Yep. So I'm wondering if I should just take up, uproot the base of those plants and perhaps replant or put in something else, or will those vegetables regenerate and the well, wolves out? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, the the cabbage and the lettuce definitely pull those up and 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 replant, 
and that was one of my subjects uh, today was replanting because this is a perfect time to start to to replant and there's a, a, a literally hundreds of things that you can still plant today and have a uh, a good crop um, before the before the frost and certainly on in. Now the broccoli is slightly different uh, subject. Uh, broccoli is one of the best succession plants that you can ever have because they once you cut that the big head, you know, and we just cut two of ours that we had, and uh, one went to my son and his girlfriend, and one went in our kitchen, and they were they're just uh-huh. absolutely beautiful. Um, and what you do is you go ahead and give them a good watering and a little bit of fertilizer, and uh, and then you'll start to see some uh, side shoots come up. Okay. And they will literally, if you don't see some in a, in a week or so, then there are a variety that doesn't have good side shoots. But when I pick, when I pick my uh, broccoli varieties, I always look for you know uh, good side shoots, because that that's uh, that's a succession plant that you don't even have to replant. You can just keep uh, watering and, and fertilizing your broccoli plants, and they will put out literally until November fifteenth. They will they wow. will they will continue to give you nice little broccoli spears that are absolutely tender and delicious. Great. That is exciting. Yeah, yeah, okay. it is. Uh, <laughs> I have some problem. I'm finding holes on the leaves. Yeah. Uh, of kale and yep. oh the broccoli. Yep. Uh, I've got the white moths hanging around. Yep. I don't see any eggs. I'm not seeing any no. fungus. Especially yeah. on the bottom side. No, it's it's the definitely the cabbage worm. It's the it's time for them, and I've noticed it on mine. Matter of fact, that's one of my chores for this afternoon: is go home and spray with the uh, the uh, spinosad or the BT. You can choose either one that you want. Uh, neem is effective, uh, but I find that the spinosad is more effective. But any one of them. But you want to when you spray, you want to spray all of your cabbage family plants that you're. Your kale, uh, the cabbage, the broccoli, um, you know, if you, whatever else you're growing, if it's um, uh, Brussels sprouts or any of those things uh, that are in the the cabbage family. And you want to make sure that you wet the leaf uh, both on top and uh, around underneath. And then like in a cabbage where you have a head, you want to make sure you spray inside the head there because a lot of times they'll congregate and, and eat those really nice, tender, delicious leaves on the inside. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to include cauliflower in that. Oh, cauliflower, yeah, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that, yeah. Yep. Okay, um, one other comment. Sure. I've been lucky enough <laughs> to have planted Sweet 100 cherry tomatoes. Oh, yeah, isn't that great? I love them. Yeah. I've known for years. I already saw two beginning to get red. Yeah, isn't that yes. great? <laughs> I can hardly wait. I know. They a handful does not make it into the house. No, no. Those and the uh, sugar snap peas rarely make it into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Although well, I've had such a an incredible crop of the sugar snap, I actually um, I froze about three pounds of it last weekend. And wow. I think I'll probably have another another three pounds this weekend. I'm going to freeze those. And uh, the basil is at a point where, and the the parsley is really perfect. And I have some garlic to use up from last year, so I'll be making pesto if not this weekend, next weekend. 
Yeah, I just bought a blender so I can make pesto because we have herbs growing as well. Mm-hmm. This is wonderful. Thank you for your time. Uh, and- anytime, Nancy. You're welcome to call. And uh- thanks for calling. Okay, so we have um, Dennis in Middlesex. How are you? Good. Uh, I have an asparagus question. Sure. Is it time now to stop picking them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you've if you've been picking them right along, it's definitely time to stop and let them grow up. Uh, um, usually, uh, four to six weeks from when they start is 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 usually the max. So, yeah, okay. this is definitely. I say this is probably with about six weeks worth, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and uh, make sure you give them a, a good watering and, a, and fertilizer. Whether it's uh, whether you use sort of a you know, a moodoo kind of thing is, is you know, or, or manure, compost. Um, that's good, but make sure you give them uh, some of the, um, like a pro-grow, you know, a, an organic. Uh, what about uh, uh, manure tea? A manure tea is great, for sure. Like chicken manure. Why not? Okay. And Absolutely. It's about five years old, the yeah. asparagus. Yeah. And... There's a lot of berries over the years, and I notice there's like a million little new shoots coming up. Mm, Should mm. I leave them or pull them out? Well, uh, if you leave them, it's a good chance you're going to be overcrowded because those roots, those roots, even though they're little tiny shoots, eventually they'll become a full-size root crown. And the crown generally wants 12, 18 inches from crown to crown to crown. So, right. so if you leave them uh, grow, chances are you'll the, your your patch uh, your asparagus will just keep getting smaller and smaller. All right. Um, so I would I would uh, consider them a weed. Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right, Dennis. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Most of my lettuce has uh, bolted. It's got to the point where it's sort of uh, bitter, a little bit bitter, and and. Uh, uh, and my wife said the other day, she said, "Give me a bag of those greens." And I said, "Well, they're they're all bolted, uh, you know, they're they're a little bitter, so I'm just gonna cut, chop them out." She said, "No, no, give me a bag of them because I, when I'm at work, I use them like greens. I put them in with my rice and then nuke them, and they, those lettuces just become like greens." And I thought, "Well, that's sort of like what I was saying with the uh, the lettuces when they bolt. You can use them in place of your endive in a in a minestrone soup." So uh, there's a second life for those bolting bolting uh, lettuces, but it's true. It is really time to replant your lettuces and choose choose the ones like um, uh, your iceberg lettuce and your romaine lettuce, and those will uh, those will those grows in this heat. So we have uh, Trudy. Hey, welcome aboard. How are you, Trudy? Is Trudy with us, Joel? Hello. 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 Hi, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a garlic question. Sure. Um, I planted it for the first time in a raised bed. Sure. Last, last week, I heard people talking about pulling it. Um, yeah. But mine doesn't have much brown on it yet. Mm, well... Uh, as much as the the brown is is a good indicator that it's time to start thinking about it, 
Um, a, a lot of the growers that I know, they actually pull one and see what it's see what it's uh, how it looks, and mm-hmm. and what you what you're looking for is to make sure that it the it's it started the sections. You know, if mm-hmm. you pull it and it it has sections, then you know you can pull all of it anytime you want after that. Right. What uh, I usually um, I usually do a test like that. And that that's uh, actually a better test than whether it's you know one third or two thirds or whatever brown. the The thing about letting them go too long, what you'll notice is that the the head of broccoli sort of open uh, the head the head of garlic sort of opens up so that right. there's space in between each clove and and that that doesn't store as well if that head is nice and tight. And then there's plenty of skins around it to to keep it. If I get it just right, uh, this batch that I did last year, I still have really nice nice garlic, and and so that's that's fun to have it from from year to year like that. Yeah, I still have a little left myself. Isn't that nice? Yes. Uh, in regards to your chipmunks, I found that a rat trap works just fine. Yes. Okay. Uh, so just a. a, a just a logistic question. Do you put it like in a box or how do you protect your dog? I mean, that your dog I don't doesn't. Ha- I don't have a dog. Oh, or a okay. Cat. All right, good. So, uh, well, I that- had it in a lean to. I had it out on. I did have a heart trap for about 25 of them. Yeah, yeah. And I got sick of wasting <laughs> my gas and time. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's sort of where I've gotten with the mice in the house too. Is to just trap them and be done with it. Yep. So I I've got to thin them out, otherwise I won't have any beets for oh, for the well, winter. I wasn't going to have any blueberries. I was afraid because yeah, close to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen them go right up uh, right up the trellis. And I'm oh. sure they could go up the raspberry bushes if they chose to. <laughs> well, thanks for the tip. I appreciate it, Trudy. <laughs> and that was a good investment. Yep. <laughs> Cheaper than wasting my gas, taking them away, which is illegal. Illegal anyway. <laughs> uh, when, well, when, when they become the dominant species, they'll have their revenge. <laughs> okay, we have another call, Trudy. Thanks for calling any time. Uh, we have Andrew and Callis. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how are you, Peter? Well, uh, yeah, I got chipmunks up the wazoo, too, and uh, <laughs> everybody's got chipmunks this year. But I have a question for you. I'm, I'm lucky enough that uh, I ate a whole bunch of lettuce out of the greenhouse, yeah. and now my lettuce outside uh-huh. is being picked. And um, I have not had this problem before, but I got a ton of earwigs, and when I pick the lettuce, mm. the, out, the inside, you know, the very outside leaves, there's... <laughs> Like a half a million earwigs in there hanging out, and, oh, and they yeah. kind of ruin the outside leaves. Is yeah. there any, have you ever oh, yeah. to do with this? Oh yeah, sure. Um, one of the things you can do with with that, uh, of course, is to is to put a lot of space in between your lettuce plants, ah. um, and that is like one per square foot. And right, okay. you, you'll get a nicer head, and it also makes it a little more difficult for them to nest. Yeah. And uh, they have a harder time traversing that. And you can even put down uh, some of that sluggo or uh, put down some diatomaceous earth or try just regular old straw around it. Just some, some way to give them a, so they have a hard time traveling over. Yeah, I, but, I, I, I do use uh, the uh, straw and I, I do the sluggo and that yeah, stuff. But um, yeah. I hadn't thought about the diatomaceous earth. Yeah, Try that and try a lot more space yeah, because okay. uh, when they're packed together, then they just they just sort of, 
you know, it's like a, a food train. They just yeah. Yeah, they go from one to the other to the other. And they're, they're not a food group. I, you know, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that one. If I could only get my chipmunks to eat them, then I'd be all set. Oh, we, we'd be all set there. Yeah. And the toads. I mean, maybe I have a few toads. I got know? plenty of toads, yeah. But uh, all right, well, thanks for the tip. Sure thing, Andrew. Yeah, Good. Thanks for the call. And then we have uh, Skip in Brookfield. Is that uh, the next one up? Hello. Hey, Skip. Good, mo- good afternoon. <laughs> you bet. Yes. Well, I was just asking about tomatoes. Yeah? <clears throat> I've got some lovely, lovely uh, tomato plants that look like a spruce tree or a yeah. or balsam. They're so thick and green. And, oh, yeah. And I was wondering if it... <clears throat> If I should, do, you know, cut everything off that is in blossom or you got the tomato on it? Well, that's what I do. Matter of fact, I, I had to laugh and I told the kids, uh, my grandsons are, are with us. And I, when I came in from pruning the tomatoes, my thumb literally was green from, oh, <laughs> I said, here you go, kids. This is, this is why they call a gardener <laughs> the, thumb, right? having a green thumb. Is There it is right there. <laughs> so um, what I do is uh, as soon as I see a cluster of flowers, I trim all the leaves up to that point. Up to that point. And then the next cluster of flowers, trim them all up to that point. And then okay. just keep going up, because uh-huh. uh, the plant itself will cut off those those. And what you're doing is just uh, saving the plant the the extra trouble of mm-hmm. uh, you know of, of creating the callus and getting them to drop off. And it puts the all of the energy into the tomatoes. Man, I've got great tomatoes this yeah. year. I mean, they're starting like six inches, six inches up from the ground. And, oh gosh, really? And then I every know. every ten inches uh, or less, uh, it just it's really wonderful to see. Yeah, I, it is. And I love. I got the little little Roma tomatoes, the VF uh-huh. Roma ones, and sure. uh, they're you know they got that sort of uh, you know oblong sort of ovaly shape and. Oh. They look wonderful. I'm really, really yeah. delighted oh, with that. I'm delighted. I planted them in where I had peas last year. I don't mm-hmm. know if it made a difference. But no. man, man, dear, they, you know, they just, and I've started some from seed, and they're pretty near caught up with the ones that I bought that were planted. You know, <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah, it's, yeah, really it's nice. true. It's true. Oh, boy, they once they get started, they really want to grow. They really, really take off, don't they? Yeah. Well, good. That kind of answers my question. I appreciate it and love your show. Anytime. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You, bet, you betcha. <laughs> All right. We have, oh, Rich in Starksboro. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Peter. Thanks <laughs> what? again for your show. Yeah, sure. And, uh, I wanted to talk to you about bolting. Uh, my my lettuce is bolting, obviously. Yeah, it should, yeah. And... Uh, and I, I I like your your wife's idea of kind of cooking it in with <laughs> other foods. But one of the things I was thinking of is uh, is putting uh, putting it into like green smoothies and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. If you don't yeah. mind the the little bit of bitter, um, it's yeah. it's uh, it's very nutritious for sure, and it's a uh, it's a great source of green. No no question about it. Her idea of cooking yeah. it, it it negates the bitterness. You know, when mm-hmm. you put in uh, endive into a minestrone soup, you know, it's very bitter. But once you cook it, it's fine. It's no problem. It's yeah. just like uh, any a bitter green, like a dandelion green or anything like that. Is that you cook it and it, it, it definitely tones it down quite a bit. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily. I got something else. That's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I got something else that's bolting. It's my daikon radishes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and since I'm interested in the root and not the leaves, can yeah. I just leave it 
leave it and go do what it wants or should mm, I what you, I already done is cut the buds off so yeah you know. yeah you can do that probably you won't get a very big root uh, uh, of course no I'm, I'm just planting my daikon now and because okay. they're actually a better fall crop than they are a, a summer crop so uh, I would uh, find another spot and plant some more daikon for the fall if okay. you know uh, you can check a few and see if it's if it's giving you a nice size root then I, I agree with you just just top the top off the other thing you can do is let it go ahead and and flower and set the set the um, uh, you know, let them set and make the fruit. They're like, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but it has, oh, it's about the size of a small pea, but it's uh, perfectly round, and uh, they're very delicious. They make a good stir-fry. So that's true with all the radish family. You can just let them grow and, and get a get a, a second crop. That's, oh, you can okay. you can try that. Uh, so if you don't get a good root, at least you'd have those. Otherwise, uh, I would I would go ahead and plant again right now. Your your daikon okay. radish is uh, is a is a perfect fall crop, and this is the time to plant them. And this is also when I plant my Chinese cabbage. I'll plant that uh, now, and um, and that's a great fall crop. And and uh, when we first did that, we first discovered it. We we were using it for kimchi, and we wanted to make the kimchi and store it over the winter. So we wanted it for October, and that's when we made that because. We didn't really want it too early in the summer. So replant. Okay. Well, I've got one daikon radish that's, that's about an inch at the top of the soil. Oh, yeah, nice. That That's a good size. Yeah, okay. nothing wrong and with it, that. And, and is it is it going to make the radish get any bigger uh, by, doing, by cutting the buds at the top, or is it sort of like a lost cause? Or? Um. It's not a lost cause. I think it's a great idea. Go ahead and because okay. it'll it'll definitely uh, have it put more uh, more energy into the root. No question about that. Okay. And as far as rat traps goes, I know somebody who takes a five gallon pail, lays it on its side, yeah, and then sticks sticks the trap in, yeah, inside the pail on its side. That kind of keeps the birds, oh, I guess, from yeah. going down to eat, chewing on the peanut butter, or whatever. Oh yeah. Something. Okay, that's a good idea. But, um. The other, the other thing about pests uh, are peas. There's been, I believe they're purple finches, and then the other ones are Phoebes. They're kind of <laughs> um, doing, you know, kind of poking at our peas and stuff. Oh, boy. Are, they, they don't seem to be doing that much damage. No. Uh, that They're kind of like maybe eating leaves. I can't really figure out what they're doing. We did see one one pea that got kind of bit open, huh. and I broke it open. There are about three or four earwigs inside. Oh, boy. Then there was a... And then there was another one kind of bit on, but nothing was inside. But that's all I found so far as far as the crop. So, <coughs> so were the earwigs come in after, or were they there before? I'm guessing <coughs> they came in after because there was yeah, I would think so. chewing on one without earwig. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I thank you very much, Peter, and and uh, just love your show. Well, Rich, thanks a lot, and uh, well, I appreciate I'm your glad call. Glad Joel's there helping you too. That's an important part too. <laughs> he is <laughs> trying to find the right button always. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye. All right, Rich. Okay. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put in my two cents and ask a question. By the way, the lines are open, so uh, don't hesitate to call. Yeah. The, um, 
my my um, basil is uh, just doing spectacular, and I've uh, really got to the point. Well, my daughter was bought the plant, so we have purple basil and several different kinds, including the yep. you know, pretty well standard basil that yep. you make your pesto from. But, but anyway, with all these plants, I can't keep up with them, uh-huh. and uh, they're already going to seed along yeah. the top yes. of the little flowers. Just clip it off. You what, just what like you would if you leave them on. Well. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, okay. But you won't get as much production out yeah. of your plants. No, we got we have enough for the neighbor, for the whole neighborhood. No, I was going to leave them on just on the purple basil. That's the first time I've ever seen that. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if I can get any seeds, and then to see if they've cross pollinated in any way with the other basil. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I've had some strange. Well, mostly with with gourds and uh, and, mm-hmm. and pumpkins and things. I've had incredible second and third generation. Oh yeah, sure. You know, normal yeah. looking pumpkin, and then God knows that or gourd or. Or yeah, squash. yeah, those are a little easier. I mean, uh, well, I don't know. I've never saved seeds from the basil plant, so I can't say. But why not? Yeah, why not? Sure. But generally speaking, as a matter of uh, the best production, you definitely want to deadhead yeah. them. And if you're careful, there's usually two leaves on either side of the stem. If you cut it out in between those two leaves, then those two leaves will become, you know, two more heads. And um, they sort of are a a multiplier. You know, every time you you cut one, it sends some more out. So you sort of want a uh, a basil bush, and that's why you, why you, you cut the tops off. Well, and my and my solution, which does work, although I haven't tried it this year. Yeah. Um, could the deer have eaten the tops of some of my tomato plants? And they're already, and and even having eaten the tops of them, they're five feet tall. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I have a, I have to add a you know subtract a foot because they're in the raised bed, mm-hmm. but they are five feet tall. They're yeah. as tall as I am, six feet. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, staring them, and some of them have the tops off. At Isn't any rate, something? what does work? is a brand product that I had first ordered mm-hmm. uh, years ago called Deer Out. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Yeah. And then I read the uh, ingredients, and a, the ingredients are a mixture of rotten egg and cayenne <laughs> pepper. Okay? So... Uh, and where do you put this? Well, well, you spray... You, you just spray it on anything. No. Oh. Okay? And yeah. it'll keep it'll keep birds, bunnies, and... and, and uh, uh, pr- and definitely the deer away. But after reading the ingredients and you know talking to a, a number of people, including your predecessor on mm-hmm. the, on the show, and mm-hmm. that um, is, I found what works really well mm-hmm. is uh, make a solution of, of dishwasher fluid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, but but make most of the solution Frank's red hot cayenne pepper sauce and, <laughs> okay. uh, and and you know you, you, and you get and get a Costco it's almost a quart bottle mm-hmm. a Costco sized bottle of the stuff <laughs> and you mix that and the the only thing about and you make that into it put it into a spray bottle of any yeah. kind yeah. and spray the trouble is you ha- you know as soon as it rains you have to spray again you have to spray again yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know obviously <laughs> When you see that delicious little yellow tomato, remember you, if you sprayed it the day before. <laughs> you, you might get a soapy, hot taste flavor. Well, yeah, as I get more and more feeble, I make these mistakes. There's a worst tasting tomato. Oh, that's right. I sprayed the, the, the Frank's Red Hot on it yesterday. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so but at any rate, it does, you're eating it does, rotten it, eggs it, and it <laughs> yeah, the, the the brand name. I guess they they get the they get the uh, uh, surface tension, the viscosity yeah. out of this rotten egg mixture, which mm-hmm. they must find. And mm-hmm. then, but the but the active ingredient keeping the critters away is the is the is the cayenne pepper cayenne sauce pepper. and. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I'm pushing a brand, but the brand that I know, Frank's original hot sauce is all cayenne pepper sauce. They have buffalo sauce and mm-hmm, all other mm-hmm. kinds of sauce with yeah. other things in it. But uh, the cayenne pepper does, uh, seems to be something that uh, none of the familiar critters in the backyard seem to like at all. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, it just makes you sort of wonder how do they react i mean is it hot like it is for you and i and uh, no idea you know you know but it seems to work yeah Yeah. i've heard that spray quite a referred to quite a bit it doesn't necessarily work for like the cabbage moth or cabbage worm or anything like that but it seems to work for critters and it's interesting i you know since i'm out there with it i also spray it on some of the uh, squash leaves Mm -hmm. and it'll change the ph of the leaves and it'll Mm -hmm. get rid of the powdery mildew Mm -hmm. see that starting although that has nothing to do with cayenne pepper it's just (laughs) changing the uh, the ph the ph itself yeah get rid of the mildew yeah yeah well, good old cayenne. I know there's some people use it as a almost like a medicine. You know, they're taking it on a regular basis. Uh, for me, a little bit on my pizza is about it. Well, that's it. I mean, you walk into a Bronx. You know, I grew up in the Bronx. You go walk into any pizza parlor in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and you don't see a, you don't you don't see a, a shaker of oregano, yeah, a shaker of parmesan, and a, or, or or you know, yeah. and a shaker and a shaker of cayenne pepper, pepper, pepper you, flakes. If you yeah. don't see if you don't see them on the table, you uh. know that those people are not Bronxites; they're from some <laughs> other planet. You know. Well, they always have to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've always. Uh, well, my wife likes the the pepper flakes. She puts them on. I like the oregano, and we both like the cheese. So, we always get the little thing. You know, they bring it over and we dress the the pizzas up. I used to joke with my kids when they were little. I said, oh, try this. Said, These are sugar flakes. <laughs> oh, Joel, Joel, no. Almost ended, almost ended my marriage. Don't tell the kids that. <laughs> Well, t- speaking of kids, my uh, one of my grandsons uh, came across a couple of my seed packages last week, and he said, "You know, Grandpa, can, can I can I plant some seeds?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" <laughs> and so we planted some lettuce seeds and some squash seeds, and uh, I had just used one of my lights, you know, that I use for, and put them under. And the lettuce seeds were up in a few days, and I remember. Uh, uh, what was it? Must have been Wednesday or Thursday. And I said, "Hey, you know, August, go go check to to see if anything's up." And he was like, "Grandpa, you gotta see this!" You know, he was so excited. And then uh, this morning, I said, "Hey, go check see if the squash plants are up yet." Sure enough, there was two of them up. So I had had to bring the tray out and show it to his mom and dad and grandma. And you know, he was so pleased. Every year, I get uh, some strange uh, squash type plant growing. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, in the uh, in the compost. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Even in the woods with no shade, which mm-hmm. is where my compost pile is, and, <laughs> you know, these, these, these things start sprouting. As long as they have their roots in that compost, they don't care. They don't care. But uh, as I say, you know. <laughs> Second, second and third generation seeds produce very strange things. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, they're more like gourds. Than... Yeah, right, exactly, like big gourds. You're going to make birdhouses out of them? You know, you could. We did actually, we did actually one year, and yeah. this was, my, my kids are in their 30s now, mm-hmm. probably remember some of these things. <laughs> but uh, they, we did actually grow the gourd house, uh, the, oh, uh, the oh, birdhouse yeah? gourds, the oh. ones that were, t- that were typically used for that. Sure. And, and made birdhouses, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, you just have to get one that's large enough for the bunnies now, and and one for the chipmunks. Right. <laughs> Boy, there are plenty. I mean, there. Are, I, I mentioned I, I I mentioned on this program that there mm-hmm. uh, long before it became a news story from the Department of Agriculture yeah. and yeah. VT Digger reporting on the statistics that there were more chipmunks because I'm just I'm so critter conscious and mm-hmm. I, I just you know I I like little critters and uh, yeah, but yeah. I you know so I always wait for the for the chipmunks to to, to return. And and the day they returned, rather than see one or two, I must have seen, seen 30 coming oh, out of it, And, you know, the one I just chasing after the other, yeah. and they're just having a good old time, you yeah. know, like a bunch of teenagers. You know, and I put, I put birdseed out for me. First of all, no bears in Mallet's Bay. We mm-hmm. have yet to see bear one. Mm-hmm. So I have my feeders going uh, all year. And uh, when I throw out some cracked corn and mm-hmm. other things for mm-hmm. the doves for the ground feeders and yeah. whatnot, you know, then you always the one or two chipmunks, but then like suddenly ten appear, and they spend more time chasing each other off the deck. Yeah, than right. they do. There's plenty for everybody, but that's not right. the way they're wired. No, right? not at all. They do that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, they're awful cute in 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 one respect, but they they certainly are voracious eaters. Oh boy! And then so, you know, I've just. I gotta have thin him out a little bit. Well, my, now, my cat's an indoor cat, but she looks out on the deck and says, "Please, Daddy, let me out. I'll I'll cure this problem for you." <laughs> boy, oh boy. Now, now, do you guys have deer fly where you are? Um, yeah, actually, we do. Yeah. So my wife. When she mows the lawn, you know, she really gets, you know, attacked by the deer fly. Right now, you know, they're out in in force. So she uh, did a little research online, you know, and uh, she came across this article um, that was in uh, a Maine newspaper about an entomologist who had this. What he did is he took a a six-inch pot, you know, for a planting pot, and he painted it all a blue color. And uh, then once once that all dried off, he coated it all with the uh, tangle tanglefoot. You know the stuff you use on a on a tree to keep oh, the yeah, bugs yeah, from yeah, coming yeah. up. So you're making like this this upside down pot of uh, of flypaper. You know is what it is. It's just all sticky and stuff. And then she put that on uh, one of our metal. Um, uh, supports, you know, for for plants that had a ring on top, and she worked it around so that it was just on top of that, and then she stuck it in the um, in a spot on the lawnmower. Uh-huh. So she's got this thing, and the thing that you need is uh, motion. It's sort of like uh-huh. a bobblehead. It's oh, it needs to move that. around. So she mowed the lawn last weekend with this thing, and there was like there were fifty, literally fifty. 
uh, of the deerfly wow. stuck in that thing. <laughs> and uh, it's like, you know, that whole evening and the next couple of days you could sit out there and there was no deerfly at all. And it was like, oh, thank goodness. Well, you, it's going to sound like I'm passionate for insects too, but just strangely in my family, mm-hmm. either my, my, my wife and, and two now grown daughters are overly sensitive to bugs flying in the air and mosquitoes and whatnot yeah or yeah. they're normally sensitive because i'm totally insensitive i go out <laughs> when it's uh, when it's just getting dark to water to water the garden mm-hmm. and the mosquitoes are out in force oh yeah and sometimes i look at my arm and it looks like i'm growing more hair on my arm <laughs> but I, they don't bother me but you know the rest that's of my family funny. they see or get yeah, yeah. bitten once by yeah. a mosquito and that's it and then they're indoors and oh, that's yeah. it or they're spraying all this yeah, out yeah. stuff or whatever they call off. You're off out. <laughs> out close. It's deer out and, and deer, bug off. Yeah, but bug off. Yeah, I, I've never used bug spray. They, I mean, I feel them, but they don't bother me for some reason. No, but, but they're out there. But they're out you there. You just aren't and, sweet enough, I guess. Well, I put bat. I put bat houses out there so that the bats can come eat the mosquitoes. Oh, that's great. But no, but but I'm yet to see bat one. Oh, and really? I moved, I've moved the thing a couple of times because they someone said they weren't facing in the right direction. Well, maybe someone. Uh, is addressing some of these problems because we have a caller. And let me just say, your first name in town, please. Frank from Burlington. Hey, Frank, how are you? I'm doing well, and you? Good. What's up? I'm driving in an air-conditioned car, so it's quite nice. (laughs) Perfect weather in there, huh? Yes. (laughs) What's going on, Frank? I have a question for you. Yeah. I, I would like to have some advice on watering in oh. this dry weather. Watering okay. not only vegetables, but uh, flower beds as well. Mm. How often, how deep, that type of thing. Well, the rule of thumb is at least one inch uh, uh, per week. Now, that's kind of hard to hard to gauge what one inch uh, uh, is. Uh, do you use a hose or a, a water, you know, sprinkler, or how do you usually water? In the, for the most part, I use a watering can. A water. Okay. Well, garden as well as for the perennials. Yeah. So if you use a watering can, what you what you want to do is just kind of figure out a gauge. Okay. So a uh, a five-gallon bucket will give you about an inch of rain in a four-by-four four bed, sixteen square feet. So if you're if you're uh, if your watering can is a gallon can, uh, you know, has a gallon capacity, your you know your sprinkler, then so you'd use one of those uh you'd use one of those for let's see about four square feet basically one two three yeah about four square feet that would give you an uh equivalent of um you know an inch of rain but you said only once a week once a week yeah that's a minimum now now as we go into august right that becomes twice a week and uh, still, the the ultimate test is to stick your finger down in the in the soil and and see if it's moist down there. Because if it's not moist down there, what happens? A lot of people think, oh, we had a thunderstorm last, you know, yesterday, so I don't need to water. Well, a thunderstorm doesn't do anything but wet the top layer, and usually, you know, it it uh, evaporates before it really goes down into the ground. 
Now, the exception is this last week, we did have a good soaking rain. So, you know, you're probably okay for this week. But even so, uh, this year I actually bought um, a moisture meter. It was uh, 10 bucks at Agway. And uh, it was more a curiosity for me is to just check to see that my watering routine was actually working. So... um, it seems to be that that works pretty well. Now, uh, matter of fact, last week, uh, I think it was Rich who uh, called in and was talking about watering because one of the ways I, I recommend watering in the vegetable garden is to use a five-gallon bucket and a cup. And I like to water right at the stem of the of the plant, say like a broccoli plant. And that way is you know that the water is going down to the roots. And rather than spray the the top of the plant itself, which tends to, you know, if it's a sensitive plant like green beans or something like that, um, they tend to mold easily and they they don't handle that kind of uh, top watering really well. So you want to water down on the soil. So you're, you're putting the water down on the soil rather than on the plant. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, that sounds to me like I'm watering too much because I've been watering every day in this uh, dry weather. Yeah. Well, uh, use that test. Use the finger test, and you know, go down in there and see how it is. You know, if it's nice and moist, then that's fine. You're all set. If it's it a only little, needs to be an inch, just an inch down is all it needs to be, though. Uh, an inch down. As far as the, the moisture, you want to be deeper than it. Just, you need an inch no. of water, you're saying. Right? Yeah, it's an inch of water, and it should soak down a good six inches is where you want it. Okay. That's your root zone. You. you know, that the top down at least six inches, that's where that's where you need it. And you're better, you're better off just getting right down to this. To the root, not to the root, but to the stem, the bottom of the stem. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's right, right. The, although there is, uh, there'll be dew, and the plant will absorb some of the dew through the leaves. You, where you want to water is is at the at the ground line. That's where you yeah. want your water to go. So sometimes yeah. a bucket and a cup works really well because then you can just water each plant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what I was going to say is about the the way you can gauge it. Like if you're using a hose, right? For instance, you can you can uh, just spray the hose into a five gallon bucket and count. You know, watch. You know, you can use your timer or your phone or something. And uh, what I found that between forty and sixty seconds, so it's about a minute. So I'll take and uh, water each one of my beds if I'm using the hose end sprayer. And I'll uh, once I gauge it, I just make sure I spend at least forty to sixty seconds of watering time. That's that's another way to to gauge it. If you're using your watering can, then you can just sort of uh, you can you know you can you know that it's a gallon, and you just figure your square footage that you're covering. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I'll get to work on that. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, let me know. I want. I'd like to hear. Okay. Okay, Frank. Thank you very much. Yeah, take care now. Take care. Yep, bye-bye. So we have, at this point in time, about 75 days of frost-free. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily affect everything, but it does mean that there are a tremendous number of plants that you can still plant today and have 75 days. So look for things that say 55 days, like most of your bush beans are 55 days. Uh, lots of your your uh, greens, you know, like lettuces and stuff are in the, the 30 to 40 day range. Um, uh, in some of the, all of the mescaline mixes, they are in the 20 to 30 day range. Um, I was looking at Johnny's uh, seed catalog and they had a, have a, a Nobel jade, which is sort of like a, a, a sprouting broccoli, which is uh, 22 days. Um, you know, there's a lots and lots of things that will still can be planted today. So I'm taking out a lot of my lettuces. I took out all of my radishes and spinaches, and uh, so I have two beds that are basically empty, and uh, I'll have uh, at least a half of another bed that will be ready. So I'm kind of lining up all the different things that I want to plant in them, and there are so many types of greens. A lot of the Chinese greens, the bok choy, the, the tatsoi, the... Um, and of course your mescaline mixes, uh, Chinese cabbage, uh, the da uh, daikon radish, like I was talking to Rich about. Uh, good time to plant a, a fall uh, crop of uh, uh, peas again in the over the next couple of weeks. Uh, all of the sprouting broccolis are are good. Of course, uh, arugula. You can plant uh, radishes again. Um, so there's there's still plenty of things. And succession planting is what the, this is called anyway, is to go ahead and plant another crop. Just makes your garden beds so much more productive because you're getting really two and sometimes even three crops in over the course of the season. And so just take a look at your, your seed packets that you have and, and, and look at the number of days uh, that you have and, and look, see if you have any empty spaces, something that really should be go ahead and you should go ahead and cut out, should be cut out. Um, even uh, things like um, certain kinds of uh, uh, cucumbers, you don't really think that cucumbers would, uh, you could plant them this late in the season, but a lot of them are just uh, 55, 60 days. So um, uh, take a look at your seed pack, see what you have. Uh, even uh, go online to some of the seed places, check out, uh, you know, Agway, and they still have seeds uh, galore. I was just in uh, Blue Seal Feed last uh, weekend. I was getting some uh, peat pots for those uh, plants that uh, August and I planted. And uh, there was lots of things in there that are, you know, 55, uh, 60 days that you can you can still plant. Now, a lot of your things, like the different broccolis and and um, uh, you know, are are frost tolerant. You know, they're not frost hardy like kale or something. But so you may even have more than seventy five days. And uh, there's a lot of uh, things that we can still plant and and have a second crop or even a third crop. And uh, are we out of time, old buddy? Or yeah, I guess so. But uh, if you have a few final words, I'm. I'm, I'm never pushing the time clock here. <laughs> we can go as, uh, 
for for a stretch, and uh, we never we never turn off a listener. But uh, well, we just a, a reminder: we we won't be here next weekend, yes. yeah. uh, but we will be here the following. And so, if, if uh, any of you have any more advice on how to um, for the Garden Fortress, uh, particularly chipmunks, I'd really like to hear about it. And I appreciate the uh, those that those of you that called and uh, help help me figure out how to get rid of Chippy. Um, and uh, well, I guess that's pretty much it for for this week. I uh, hope you enjoy the Red Sox next week. I'm looking forward to it myself. <laughs> okay, and we will see you next week in the garden. These seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden with Peter Berg has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. These flowers and garden shop on Main Street in Waitsfield. Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you. Main Street, Colchester, and Super Monday Coupons. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. Thomas Farm and Garden on the Barry Montpelier Road. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Online at sticksandstuff.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores, four of them, Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston and St. Albans, PNR Lumber, family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and building materials, plus compost you need on Route 15 in Walkett. And by the Willie Store in Greensboro, celebrating 120 years of family ownership. In the Garden with Peter Berg, join us not next Saturday, but the Saturday after for the next installment of In the Garden. Next Saturday... Would you believe Boston Red Sox baseball hosting the Baltimore Orioles? Yes, indeed. Life goes on. WDEV. All it takes is a rake and a bow and a piece of fertile ground.